You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamonds, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to a special early edition of Inside Twins, live here from Comerica Park in downtown Detroit, Michigan. Twins and the Tigers. Wrapping up this four-game series here today as we conclude stop number two on this three-city, 10-game, 11-day journey. Twins and the Tigers one more time on a warm and beautiful Sunday here in late September. This uh, odd trend continues. We're pushing 80 degrees here in Detroit. Uh, Beautiful setting yet again for the Twins and the Tigers. And so far, so good. This weekend, Twins seeking a four-game sweep. Haven't swept a four-game series here since 2004. Hopefully that will change here behind Jose Barrios today. You can reach us in two ways via email, inside twins at twinsbaseball.com or on Twitter, hashtag inside twins. And our Sunday guest today, the chief baseball officer of the Minnesota Twins. Always great to visit with Derek Falvey. How are you? Good. Great to be here, Corey. Great to have you with us as we uh, wrap up this series. And it's hard not to, to look ahead, isn't it? But, uh, Got some help again late last night. The magic number is four with a week to play in the regular season. Yeah, I think when you when you look around and you're, and you're scoreboard watching in late September, that's a great place to be. And I know the guys and talking with coaches and, and some of our players and otherwise stayed up late to watch the finish to that uh, Texas-Oakland game. But you know, what we focus on day in and day out, and, the, and Paul and the staff and the guys have talked a lot about this, is just focus on what you can control, which is today's game, and keep moving forward. And our guys continue to bounce back and, and, and put forward a good effort every day. In your role, can you afford to look ahead and begin mapping out playoff rosters and how this thing would shape out pitching matchups if you're if the twins do reach the wild card game and even go beyond that or can you not go down that road just yet you know i I think you have to prepare right you have to be looking ahead for next steps you know whether it's from a scouting standpoint uh, or making sure that you're lined up in terms of uh, next steps with some of your players in, in terms of rosters and how to keep guys fresh who may not be on that roster. So we, we're preparing all the time. We're thinking about all of those next steps. Uh, we recognize the, the players play and the, and the coaches coach. They need to focus on today. It's our job from, from where I sit to make sure that we're set up well for, for the future if everything works out the way we'd like. As we kind of look ahead to not just the ball game here today, but the, the next week, uh, Twins will head to Cleveland for a three-game series starting Tuesday. Then we'll see this Tiger team to wrap up the home portion of the 2017 regular season schedule. When you look at the record, and it's 81-74, and 74, do you look back and, and find a moment or a game or a date that stands out as as the catalyst for what we have here now with this team? You know, I, I think it's actually been, it's been multiple moments. I think about different series where we've had a, a tough go, you know, whether it was a series at home against Houston where we had a tough go or, you know, this most recent one against the Yankees. What this team has shown day in and day out is that bounce-back resiliency. And I think at each juncture when we've had maybe a, a little bit of a turn and over the course of 162, you're going to have some tough stretches. It's how you respond to those that, that, that shows the character and will of a team. And, that's what these guys have shown in spades this year. It's been unbelievable to watch. And so much has happened, too, and, and go back to, to early August.
August, and maybe that was the point we can we can really you know isolate to say this is when this team took off, had that great month of August, winning twenty games. What played into that when you when you think back to August and why things worked so well? Does any one item particularly to stand out? I don't think there's one individual player or one moment in time. I think it's a, a collective. You know, these guys leaning on each other. We saw a number of different players. You could certainly call out a few of them, you know, whether it was Brian Dozier continuing to you know, be just a, a key piece for us in terms of uh, his offensive contribution and overall. Then you see Byron Buxton coming in and really growing into the player that we believe he can be long term. We've had a number of different guys. Eddie Rosario. I mean, I could go on and on about that group of guys uh, and I really don't want to leave anyone out, but I think collectively those guys all stepped up. And in the second half of the year this year, we've been a, you know, a top five overall offense ac- across the league, and our, our pitching continues to improve. Injury update, if you can. Let's just start first with Max Kepler. We'll get to Miguel Sano in the, in the next segment. But first with Max, left the game with an injured hip last night. Uh, what do we know today? Just day-to-day at this point, uh, a little bit of soreness uh, in the hip, as, as Paul talked about. Uh, we'll just we'll take it. He won't be in the lineup here today, but we'll take it with the off day tomorrow. Uh, we're optimistic. It's just a, a couple of days here to give him some rest and, and hopefully be good to go when we get to Cleveland. Any MRI planned or right now is it just rest? Not at this stage. Based on the early evaluation, we feel like he's in a, a pretty good place. We just want to take this uh, day by day at this point. All right, so no Max Kepler today. Rosario is in right. Zach Granite, uh, one day after hitting his first big league home run, He's going to be in left and Byron, per usual, in center. We will take a break, come back, and a lot to chat with Derek about, including Miguel Sano. What is next for Miguel? Is he done playing in 2017? We'll, we'll get into that topic and more next. Inside Twins rolls on on a warm September Sunday in Detroit and on your home for Twins baseball. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, over the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Probe is back with... Derek Falvey, as our Sunday program continues. Miguel Sano, let's uh, dive into that topic right now. Any more news and the latest on Miguel and and the injured shin, and, and if we'll see him again in, in 2017? I, I, this has certainly been something that, uh, as we talked about from the get-go, there's no perfect timeline on some of these. Uh, the rest recovery, but also trying to push him to be baseball-ready, the blend of those two. Uh, it makes it a bit of a challenge, certainly. And he hasn't quite gotten to a point where, as he's remarked, that he feels good enough to, to be swinging a bat and being in that position you know, in the box. And certainly we're burning down calendar here uh, in terms of opportunities to, to get him uh, in live game settings before you know, potential playoff opportunity. So we just need to, we need to continue to progress and see where things go day to day. Uh, we'll evaluate as we go. But uh, at, if we were to go further along, we're going to continue to prepare him for that. I got the sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, not long after he was put on the DL that this was something that was, okay, he'll be out maybe 10, two weeks. But at what point did you start to grow more concerned with how long this this may be? Were you even thinking at the time this would be season-ending? I think at the time we were hopeful that – uh, the soreness would go away, some of the swelling and the soreness, and then he'd start to feel a little bit better, good enough to really take some swings. What maybe transpired over that period of time was that didn't progress in the way that we had initially expected. So that led us down the path to do additional testing to learn more about this. Uh, there are uh, stress reactions have a range of outcomes. Some take 
the 10 days that we would have expected. Some take you know, considerably longer than that. So we just don't know at this stage, it's, it's person to person, how he'll progress over the next uh, week to 10 days. Depending on the player and maybe depending on the injury, when some guys are out, some will travel with the team and some will, some will still stay home. And that's been the case with Miguel. He's not traveled with the team during this run here. Would he have been better off on the road, traveling with the team to, to rehab this injury that he is uh, dealing with right now? Well, we felt like from the standpoint of resources in clubhouses and otherwise, when you're traveling with the club and, and you don't you have to go place to place, you don't have all the same resources we have in Minnesota. So uh, we felt it was best for him to do his work there. I know Paul felt that that was the best place for him to get the cage work in he needs to, the, the long rehab work to make sure. We've got a lot of players traveling with us now, so that's obviously a, a stress that you have on your training staff as is. We've brought up our, our Chad Jackson, our, our minor league strength conditioning rehab coordinator, excuse me, rehab coordinator, and so we're already pretty full in most of these visiting clubhouses. We felt it was best to be in Minnesota. Yeah, and you think about all the on-field work that he's doing at Target Field and the work that he's not doing here. Does the player have any say in that if Miguel was adamant and say, hey, I, I know I'm banged up, but I'd like to still travel with the team. Would that have played a factor? Certainly. We could have that conversation. Uh, absolutely. In some cases, I think depending on where a guy is in his rehab and the process, if he's closer to returning or otherwise, you might uh, you might have that person on the road with you. But uh, we've certainly felt like at this stage with where his symptoms are and what we could do, this was the best. Thinking more about the injury that he's dealing with right now and just running out of days here in the, in the regular season and with uh, the, the damage that we saw in Fort Myers with the hurricane you know where could he possibly go instructional league has that been mapped out yet do we know what will what will take place in Fort Myers right now yeah we are planning here shortly to have uh, an instructional league that actually goes back maybe to how instructional league started which is less gameplay but more instruction areas of focus hitting fielding uh, any type of work that's done on the strength and conditioning side some real key focuses high leverage areas for guys to improve uh, but but not in the way of games Uh, So during that time, there's the potential that we'll have live pitching or otherwise. I think we'll also have some guys up here that uh, if we were to progress uh, into a playoff situation where we'd have sim games and otherwise. So there there will be live opportunities to see pitching, but certainly games get harder. And if the Twins do play extended October baseball, would the Arizona Fall League be a destination for Miguel to get some reps in? It's a reasonable conversation for sure. Yeah, I think that's something we could discuss internally and and see if that's that's plausible given some of the... uh, opportunities and positions out there i know it was done last year you know most notably in kyle schwarber's case so i think that's something that can be discussed for sure i was going to end this segment with that exact name is there a comp and you were there you saw schwarber was out basically all year came back in the world series and was an impact player do you see any comp with what schwarber dealt with how he rehabbed where he went is there a similar path that Miguel could follow? Possibly. Every every player is different, certainly. And so I think from a rehab standpoint, if a player gets to a point where we feel he's healthy enough and can contribute and be and be an impact member in the short term here, we'll find any opportunity. And uh, they the Cubs certainly did that last year with Kyle. I think that was a really well done, the way they structured that. And we would, uh, we'll certainly learn from those opportunities. And if we can do it, we will. We'll take a break. Come back. More of Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, one of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Beautiful day here in Detroit. Twins seek this four-game sweep. It'll be Jose Barrios today for the Twins and Buck Farmer, right-hander, making his 10th start opposing for Detroit. We spent some time on Miguel Sano, Derek, in the last segment. 
What about the guy who was replaced, Miguel, pretty much in the lineup day in and day out? The, the surge here from Eduardo Escobar, OPS, the last 33 games is over 800. He's slugging over 500. Talk about a guy taking advantage of an opportunity. Number five has been doing that. No doubt. Uh, that's. Uh, I mean, this has been, I think we said it a, a few programs ago, that the next man up mentality with a lot of these guys this year has been just it's great to watch you know it's just such a a good thing for some young players who are on this team to see how other veteran guys step up there might be no one liked more in that clubhouse than Eduardo Escobar so everyone's pulling for him when he goes out there and he's responded he's been a big lift for us when we needed him his arm strength and Paul brought this up yesterday on the show that maybe Sano is the only one that can top his actual arm strength not so much accuracy but arm strength Do do you see the same thing when you look at this roster of infielders when it comes to arm strength at Escobar Maybe it's only top ice and all. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't know what you know, it, breaking down outfielders versus infielders or otherwise, but I, Esco's got you know he knows what he can do defensively. He knows how to position himself. Play the other night and you know, here in Detroit, the way he kind of came at a ball from around the around the base and you know, showed it off. He just he's a he's a guy who's experienced different positions at this level. The speed of the game, he understands it. And he, and he plays with a, uh, an immense amount of joy. So you watch it out there, and I think he's had an impact on a number of our other young players across the field. Another area of, of huge improvement with this team, and it's not just the eye test. If you look at some of the numbers as well, opposing teams were running wild on the Twins in recent years, but that has really changed. Is it just Castro? Is it just Jimenez and their skill set or coaching, whether it's been Jeff Smith and Joe Vavra working with the, the catchers and Eddie Guardada working with the relievers and, and quicking up, quickening up their pace to the plate. Is all that a factor into that part of the game this yeah, summer? I hope it's all of the above. I mean, certainly we want to attack anything. You know, if we find a weakness or a deficiency with a team and we look at it and we're objective about it and we're candid about it, we need to now attack it from multifacets uh, of this. And I think Jason and Chris have certainly done a, a great job back there this year. But the work that's been done, as you said, by Joe and you know, paying attention to that aspect of it, that's something that Paul talked a lot about in spring training and will continue to is managing that 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 part of the game so it's the little things doing all those small things well adding those together they allow you to be in a position that we're in now jose brios on the mound today for the twins this will be his 25th start he's 12 and 8 era still under four the the home and road splits are pretty telling and you know all the research you've done in the game is that just a fluke baseball stat in a year or was there more to it i think those things you know certainly you hear about them and you dig into it I think they tend to over time, unless it's a multi-year issue you know, that seems to present year over year. Sometimes it's matchups. Sometimes it's you know, situations you've been in on the road versus home. I think Jose, his preparation, his work, and otherwise uh, are all very consistent home or road. So we'll just focus on the things that he can control and, and get him in the best position possible no matter where he's pitching. You have to give him a mulligan the other night, don't you, with what his country was going through, the hurricane you know, directly impacting his homeland. At the same time, he's trying to pitch at Yankee Stadium for the first time. Did you give him kind of a mulligan to pass with that last one? Well, certainly. What's going on in Puerto Rico with a number of our players, and we talked about you know, Kenneth Vargas and, and Eddie Rosario, and we've checked in with all those guys to try and see where they are with respect to communication with their families. But I also think you know, those, those are, that's a tough lineup. That's a good team in a big environment in New York in that moment, young pitcher going through it. I think all of those things come together to, to make it a, ch- a challenging opportunity. But in my mind, a huge growth opportunity for, for a young kid like that to, to try and persevere through, to work through. To He's been there before. Now take that, learn from it, and grow and get better next time out. 
What, what are the Twins doing to help the uh, the Puerto Rican players right now deal with what's going to be weeks, if not months, of recovery? Certainly something we've spent a lot of time talking about internally. I know that uh, our organization as a whole, from the Polad family to Dave St. Peter on down, are very thoughtful about this, and, and we're, we're working in any way we can to aid and, and help uh, both our players in terms of their direct communication with their families, but also the next steps in terms of the recovery. And I'm sure we'll have something along the way here to talk about and announce. And this is months down the way, but is the two-game series in Puerto Rico with the Indians, is that still scheduled to be played with the damage that the stadium did uh, take in? Yeah, as far as we know right now, that is the plan moving forward. And I think that Major League Baseball certainly, uh, they'll assess everything as they can here. We're still in the early stages of knowing what the situation is there uh, across the island. But uh, I, I'm confident that we are going to support you know, everything we can uh, to, to make that happen next year. We'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Last three minutes of Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Twins and the Tigers coming up uh, just a bit after 11 a.m. Central Time. Again, this game beginning an hour earlier than normal. The Lions are playing next door, so that's uh, why everything has been pushed up an hour here today, Twins and the Tigers one last time. Barrios on the mound for the Twins and Buck Farmer throwing for Detroit. Uh, you know, it's hard not to, to look ahead, and we've touched on that a few times already, Derek, on the show this week and, and today. But, you know, this is a team now that has a magic number of four. Did you ever see this happening? I mean, you go back to the off season and and the, the, even going back to the West Coast road trip and things were, were going south in a hurry. But here this team is with a magic number of four, with a week left to play. I just give, I think about it and I give these guys so much credit for, you know, from day one in spring training, we, we, we talked about not putting limits on a team. You know, we talked about what, uh, there were a lot of questions about what does progress look like, where do, you know, where do wins go. Just go out and play that game every night as best you can. These guys have embraced that concept you know, that the coaches have talked about with them, that the players you know, talked about amongst themselves. And I think they just they can control what they can control, which is their effort each night on the field, and it's put us in this position. So there, no one's apologizing for that. These guys have put themselves in that spot. Just before camp opened up, you and you and Thad and Paul, you had a five-minute meeting with all the guys in camp. Looking back on those meetings and watching the season play out for the individuals, did they meet those expectations from your seat and Thad's? Did some exceed them, or are some still pending? Certainly. I, I think uh, there are so many of our guys. I mean, we could talk the whole show about each guy and what he's gone through this year, both struggles and bounce back. I think, by and large, a lot of these guys have, have taken that step forward and have become you know, better players in a more competitive environment and continue to get better. That's what you hope for, and that's what you expect. That's the condition you try and create for young players. So... Uh, we've uh, these guys have done that. You know, by and large, I don't think you know, the thinking about those five-minute meetings and thinking about just setting the stage of how we wanted to operate moving forward. That just laid the groundwork. These guys have taken it and run with it. That's been fun. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Cor. Uh, we thank Derek Falvey for joining us here at Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We have much more to come here on the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Coming up next, Chris is standing by with today's pregame show, and then. Following that, at 11.10 Central Time, is the Twins and the Tigers one more time here at Comerica Park. Then these two teams meet for three next weekend at Target Field. The last time the Twins swept a four-game series here over the Tigers, you have to go back to September 2004. Jose Barrios on the mound today for the Twins at 12-8. Buck Farmer, 4-4. Four four. 
right-hander throwing for the Tigers. We thank you for tuning in. Much more to come. Chris is standing by. Today's pregame show is coming up after this timeout. Twins and the Tigers in Game 4 next on your home for Twins Baseball.